Yo, family, you got five minutes. You got five minutes. It's just something on my mind that I wanted to say. I figure me recording this and then posting it in the wee hours in the morning. <laughs> Maybe you're thinking along these same lines, too. So I'm not going to call this a commentary. I'm just going to ask you. You got five minutes. Let's listen. The other day I was riding the train and I heard this horrible scream. Horrible, not because it sounded like somebody was in danger. It was the middle of the day. You know, uh, you know, families and love on the train was crowded. What was horrible was that it was a little African boy, <laughs> little African boy screaming to his friend in the back of the train. And he did it in such a way that startled everyone. And he laughed when everybody jumped. You know, his friend didn't re return the, the call because he, I guess he had a little bit better sense than, than this, his, his counterpart. But he kept screaming for a couple of seconds. And I'm looking, trying to see where the boy is. And then I see some white folks that was on a train looking at me. <laughs> I don't know, we were looking at each other. And I remember you know, one, being embarrassed <clears throat> about the situation because, I mean, there's a very deep sense of, you know, community and identif identification with African-American people, you know, in public spaces. I mean, that's just, you know, if somebody does something, you know, we tend to all identify with that, you know, good or bad. And uh, so, you know, there was an instinct to talk to the boy, of course. But I haven't had very much success with that in the past. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, I remember one time I was I was on the train and these young men, I guess they were in their late teens, early 20s. You know, playing a little, I don't know if it was in the... This was a few years back. It, to me, it reminded me of like a little cassette player back, like back in the 80s or the 90s. A little music box. It wasn't even a... And so he was playing it loud without headphones. You know, that what I call weaponized hip-hop. I don't know, maybe y'all call it mumble, map, mumble rap or whatever. And I said, young man, can you turn that down? He looked at me like, what? I looked at him in his eyeballs. He was sitting right next to me. I said, can you turn your music down it's too loud you know nobody wants to hear that he turned it up <laughs> and so i'm thinking so what am i supposed to do at this point grab his radio am i supposed to rush with the little kid you know what i mean there were other times when i you know some kid is misbehaving i tell him you know what to do and i try to do it in a respectful way you know it's not like i'm yelling at the kids i've seen that before but I, I don't yell at mine and I wouldn't want anybody else yelling at him. And, you know, then they, you know, the other ones just ignore. So, uh, so long story short, it hasn't been a, you know, a good, a good winning record when it comes to talking to these kids. And so then other thoughts kind of travel through your mind, you know, and, and, you know, we're all mammals and we're all, uh, you know, herd kind of creatures. And if somebody in the herd is fucking up, that kind of lowers their status, you know what I mean? Kind of lowers their value kind of thing. 
and uh, all these crazy thoughts going through my mind. And then, you know, I feel my mood dropping. I'm thinking, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Come on, Jonathan. You got to anchor yourself. So then I start thinking about my son. I start thinking about how uh, when my wife told me she was pregnant, I was excited and everything. But then I was scared at the same time. I never had a kid before. You know, how old was I when she told me? I was 25. We got married at 20. I got married when I was 23. And, uh, you know, when he was born, you know, I cut the cord. I pulled him out. You know, literally, I had to push the doctor out the way. <laughs> I told him I want to deliver. And uh, I pulled him out and I cut the cord. I did that for all three of my kids. And the most wonderful thing in the world is to tell them that story. They go, ooh, daddy, that's gross. And they run out the room. <laughs> oh, I'll be saying that for the next 30 years. And then I think about how, uh, you know, he took a liking to anime. And I bought him uh, uh, Naruto. He got a Naruto book. And he was really digging that really deep, but it, was in, it wasn't translated, right? And so you can look at the picture. So then I got him a, a CD Pimsleur, four CD set. And then I remember uh, running into Borders books with him. You know, I think he... I got him the, the, the CDs when he was in sixth grade. Middle school, I ran into the Borders books because Naruto was hot. And we was trying to get, you know, all the issues in sequence because they were selling out. And then I remember going to the Japan Bowl. It's kind of like a, uh, like a language competition for kids. He had some challenges with his high school Japanese teacher. Very prejudiced lady. Um, but he stuck, he stuck the course. And uh, just yesterday, as I record this, you know, he's showing me, uh, you know, the, the school where he's teaching English in, in Japan. So I think about that little, I think about my son who grew up from a little boy to a, to a young man. And then I think about this young man who's yelling and screaming on the train. And I'm thinking that could be my son if I wasn't there. You know. That could be my son if he didn't have a supportive father and a supportive mom. The kid obviously had a mom, else he wouldn't be, wouldn't be here. Women are the gateway to this dimension. I don't know what kind of resources that woman who mothered him has. I mean, whatever it is, I'm sure it's meager. So then I started to kind of calm down because it's like, wow. You can't just like mentally throw these kids away because they're us. They're our children. if our parents didn't make better choices. This is Jonathan Soul. Peace.